5: Enroll today at TrinitySchool.org. That's TrinitySchool.org.
6: Hi, I'm Sam Edis.
5: And I'm Amy Nelson. And this
7: is What's Her Story with Sam and Amy. Today we are
6: introducing you to Mindy Grossman. I would say that Amy and I pretty much have girl crushes on Mindy.
7: Mindy's pretty amazing. She's at the top of my favorites list for sure. Mindy is the CEO of WW, formerly known as Weight Watchers. Before she joined WW, Mindy led transformation at incredible American brands like Nike. She's also someone who will always answer an email, always answer a call, and sit down with you for lunch when you have questions.
6: She's just a very, very curious person. That's the reason that both of us got to know Mindy so well before this interview. She took the time to to learn about us, to answer Our emails or our calls or get to meet us in person and I can't say that about many CEOs who've made it to the top she just is very accessible and she's curious about everything
7: I agree and in her curiosity I think she develops her own leadership skills and I think that's something that we talk about today kind of how she thinks about leading how she thinks about failing and how she thinks about parenting
6: I remember when I last saw Mindy um, she was kind enough to host an event for the pie life for my last book at HSN headquarters. And afterwards, I remember saying, okay, I would never go back to corporate America unless I worked for Mindy Grossman.
7: Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've, def- no, I've definitely had that thought, Sam, like I would die to work for this woman just because I know I would learn so much. And I hope today all of you learn from Mindy like we did.
1: I'm, you know, of a certain let's call it age, and I've been in different (laughs) businesses. Um, But that that network that I have crosses so many different, you know, let's call it age range, diversity, et cetera. And my feeling is, if I can learn something from someone every day, if I can, um, you know, have the curiosity to want to understand different thoughts and beliefs and share experiences, that benefits the
6: whole. So one of the amazing things about you is that you do find time to connect with people on a personal level as well as a professional one. How do you do that? So you used to be at HSN as a CEO. Now you're the CEO of WW. You've been at so many brands from Nike to Ralph Lauren. But how do you actually find the time in your day to make that connection with people
1: one of the greatest attributes of leadership and when i look at hiring people is innate curiosity and i establish a certain amount of time every week to either connect with someone new meet someone new have a new experience um you know delve into new content. I'm a voracious reader. And I think that's very important. I think too many people make a very serious mistake that they go into an industry or they go into the business and they stay in their lane. If you're in the beauty business, you're just with beauty people. And no, you should also be going to the consumer electronics show because technology is going to change things and you should be understanding what's happening. And, you know, the funny story is I've literally been known to stalk people. If I read something or if I see something and I want to learn more, and my feeling is what is the worst thing that can happen? Someone can say no.
6: But, so who is the last person that you stalked?
1: Well, I would say I have a funny Adam Grant story. This was a, a, a number of years ago. But when Adam came out with his first book, Um, I heard him give and take, I heard him speaking on CNBC and I said, that book really defines a very aligned philosophical style of leadership to me. And I was able to be introduced to his literary agent who connected me with Adam. I saw he was on his book tour and he was going to be in Orlando. I was in St. Pete and I sent him a note. I would love to take you out to dinner in St. Pete, and you just wrote a book called Give and Take, so you have to say yes, getting around. And he came, and I had uh, dinner with him, and we've stayed friends since. And I think in today's world, it's more important than ever because everything is connected. And in addition, when you think about competition today, it's not just people in your area of whatever you define your business is. Competition is the last great experience someone had. So you really have to be completely in touch with what is happening and whether it's around personalization or whether it's around simplicity or how you're using technology to create meaning. Um, you've just got to be able to have those experiences and you have to surround yourself with people that think the same way and when I think of hiring someone today, whether it's on my executive team or within the company, the approach I take in my head is every one person is 10. Because if they're as curious, that means they're going to have a network, which means that they're connected and they're gonna bring all those assets to the table because they have the diversity of experience.
7: And it's one of those moments, again, where I feel like I'm in Mindy's masterclass, which is generally how I feel whenever I spend time with you. Could you share with our audience um, your thoughts on the Purpose Filter?
1: Sure, so when I joined the company, um, and my my reason for making the move is I had got to a point in my life and, and career where, We were putting a new CEO into the last company I ran, HSNI, and I potentially was going to be transitioning to chairman. But I knew that I wanted to do one more thing. But I promised myself that I not only wanted to deliver a financial return on equity, I wanted to deliver a human return on equity. I got very interested in this concept of the brands of the future are going to be able to marry technology plus meaning to help people lead better connected lives. And I started spending a lot of time in the health and wellness space because I felt that that was where consumer tailwinds were going to be. I've always loved legacy brands that have great impact on people over the course of time. And certainly Weight Watchers at the time had been transforming lives for 55 years. And the combination of when I saw that Oprah had partnered with the company, and to be honest, she's the most purposeful human being I've ever met. She practices um, real discipline in what she will and she won't do. And the conversation about the opportunity for this business in the next generations to not only be the leader in healthy weight loss built on community, but to really build a complete ecosystem of wellness for long-term sustainable behavior change built on a technology platform, but with a human-centric overlay. You guys may see that transformation has become one of the most overused words in business. You know, somebody paints something on the wall and it's transformed. You know, transform transformation is large-scale, overt, significant change for the future. Mm-hmm. And it's reimagining Um, what the business is going to be for current and future relevancy. And I had written a manifesto to the board before I took the role. I'm a big believer in manifestos um, and said, this is what I think this business could be. So I started in July 2017 and quickly realized that the most important thing we needed to do before we did anything was redefine our our purpose, our impact, our tenets, and the overall impact we wanted to have on the world. So we worked as a team. Uh, we also had SY partners as our, as, our, as our partner. And we created what ultimately became known as our impact manifesto. We redefined our purpose. We inspire healthy habits for real life, for people, families, communities, the world, for everyone to be the brand that could truly democratize wellness and define what those bold moves and things we needed to do. And at the same time, made the decision to evolve the brand forward in all aspects of everything we did if we were gonna be a healthy, health and wellness brand. And just to give you one example, um, we did make products before, you know, food products. You don't eat WW food, but we made snacks, et cetera. Um, And we created a purpose filter. And there's a pad with our purpose filter on every single person in the company's desk. And before you made a decision, You go through the purpose filter and say, does this fit our new purpose? Does it fit our brand? Does it fit a healthy living company? Will we be proud of this decision? All of those elements. And every single thing we did around the world had to go through the purpose filter. And when we put our products through it, none of them went through. Hmm. They had artificial sweeteners, uh, preservatives, colorings. We made the very difficult decision to get out of every single product we made and in one year relaunch every product with the new branding that lived up to our purpose-driven brand. And I think as much as those are the hardest decisions you have to make, they're the most critical decisions you have to make if you're truly gonna live up to what it is you want your future to be. I think not only businesses, but individuals need a purpose filter as well.
7: How do you use the purpose filter in your own life? You know, I've become
1: significantly more discerning on what I say yes to and what I say no to. And if in fact what's important to me is yes, I have a responsibility to my business objectives and my human objectives within my business. So I'm going to focus on that. I have a passion, for example, for diversity and inclusion. It's been a core, fundamental foundation for me. So when I'm asked to be part of something, um, that's important. I have a you know passion for education and future generations, right? So I try and say, if I'm going to use my platform for the greatest impact, it should be what I'm passionate about. It should be purposeful, and I should aim to have the greatest impact. And I found that it's how I manage both my personal life and my business life. And I've gotten even more refined as i've I've gotten older because, You want to use your voice and your platform. It's what the two of you do so well, you know, is that shareability of what is really happening in life and how you can really support, help, inspire and educate others is so important today. And you have to be discerning.
0: My dad works in B2B marketing
5: What are the kinds
6: of things that maybe in the last five years you've used your purpose filter to say no to that you might have said yes to in the past? I'm doing a much better job at being present
1: as opposed to trying to do everything at the same time. And it's interesting when we were on the Oprah tour, there was a a part of her talk where she talked about, you know, being, being a parent or, you know, being a, a friend or, you know, being in business and that people really want to know that you're listening to them and that you're being present. And I would say I used to try and do too many things at the same time. And now I'm much more discerning. So when I do something, I am there in the moment. I'm paying attention. And that has been incredibly gratifying because it's more fulfilling for me And it's certainly more fulfilling for the other person or persons I'm with, especially children.
6: How are you different as a grandmother than you were as a mom?
1: So I say to my daughter all the time, oh, my goodness, you're such a much better mother than I was. You know, we laugh about that. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I, I think it goes back to what I just talked about is about kind of being present. You know, I I have to give my daughter credit for being very resilient. You know, when I worked for Nike, I commuted between New York and Oregon. I was out of the country 30% of the time. My first five years at HSNI, I commuted between Florida and New York, and even before that, um, you know, I was always traveling. Uh, and so I find now um, I am much more cognizant again of being in the present, of being in the moment. Um, and maximizing the time I have and being discerning about making sure uh, I've blocked those moments out. And, you know, now, look, we're living in a, in a, in a virtual world, right? I think um, we're all probably working more hours than we did before. And we have to be that much more diligent about taking the time for ourselves or for our families, or for our friends, or for just things that fulfill us. Uh, and I think that that's gonna be more important than ever.
7: I agree with you. I think it's really weird. I used to, in the pre-pandemic world, I had a work life and then a home life, and now I just have one messy, intertwined life where there are no boundaries. And um, and that's hard with four little girls, but I- wanna... I know, I can't even imagine. It's It's been an adventure. Um, but I wanted to follow up on something you said about being bi-coastal when you were with Nike in Portland and, you know, commuting to New York. And then when you were with HSN and commuting between Florida and New York, you had a young daughter. So h- how did you logistically manage that? Like, what were some of the rituals? How did it even work?
1: Yeah, so what happened was when I was approached by Nike and Phil Knight, offered me the role, I actually turned it down. Hmm. Um, And that was the hardest thing for me, because uh, it's a company I always wanted to work for. And it was the position that was ultimately very significant for my career. And Phil called me back and said, Mindy, how can we make this work? And I sat down with My husband, who's been an unbelievable supporter of mine from the very beginning, 33 years, um, with my daughter, and I had the same nanny for 20 years. Hmm. And we sat down as a family and said, do we think we can make this work? I said, because I can't start there and have people think I'm transient. I mean, I have to figure out what the commitment's going to be. Um, And there is the travel. And we decided as a family that we were going to create a support system to make this work. And to be honest, I thought maybe it would be a year and then we'd either move or something. And somehow six years went by. Um, But the other thing that people know about me, it's exactly what you said, Amy. I can't bifurcate my personal and my business life. I have one life, and it's complicated enough without trying to be two different people. So I would take my daughter to the Tour de France or do something. And and I think that's really important for women.
7: I agree. I think that is really important. And I think your daughter, you know, though she definitely had to build resilience um, because she maybe didn't have what we see as a kind of traditional childhood She also had all of this amazing opportunity because of you. And I wanted to ask, and I'm asking for a friend that is myself, how did you talk about your work with your daughter when she was young? My girls now know that I work and they're starting to ask me about it. So how did you frame it up for Lizzie? Look, I
1: framed it up in that my family is the most important thing to me in my life, but my work and my passion for work is also very important and fulfilling to me and it's part of who i am and that's a decision that i made and i want to approach it in the best way possible be the best leader possible have the greatest impact and i said i'm actually going to be a better person and a better mother because i'm also doing what i love around people that i also love Now, that doesn't mean there were periods of time, you know, when she was an older teenager that there weren't some challenging moments for sure. But when we talk about it now in retrospect, you know, I think we share this mutual understanding of it made sense uh, for us and for me um, and ultimately as a family for us to support one another. And now that she's a mom and she has a much more flexible work schedule, she's actually a one-on-one personal coach for WW, Mm -hmm. which allows her a lot of flexibility. And she's really proud of what she's doing. But, you know, she really made the decision. And maybe it is because of how she grew up. But to have the ability to have a different type of balance, at least until they go to school. And that's a personal choice.
6: Mindy, you from the outside seem so put together. It seems like you have this perfect marriage and now you have a daughter and and she has two daughters and her husband and everyone looks like they get along perfectly. Can you sort of let us into the messier side of that? Oh,
1: there were many, many times of uh, tension, you know, where, you know, I landed in china and the school called me and she was sick and they couldn't get in so and this was before we had a lot of the technology tools to be able to manage that and figuring out how to get in touch with people and having someone else have to pick up my child and i remember having kind of a meltdown of what am i doing and you know if if you don't have those moments that's not normal either (laughs) There's no such thing as perfection. Um, I think it's more about having the best intentions and doing what you can as best as you can. Um, look, we're all going to have those moments of, of doubt. You know, am I not being a great mom or am I not being a great wife or am I not being a great leader? But I think you have to put it in perspective that, that again, right? You can't do everything all at the same time, but you can do what you need to do and work on kind of designation is how I would call it. You know,
5: where do you have to focus when? Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.
4: at Edu,
6: What role has your relationship played in your success when you look back? Which relationship? Your relationship with your husband. Oh,
1: that relationship. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. That small okay. little thing, that
6: 30-year uh, thing.
1: So Neil is a really unique human being. We are very, very opposite, which is interesting. He was a mathematical physicist turned lawyer, turned banker, um, turned quant uh, trader. And (laughs) he has a very different style. You know, the idea of leading 18,000 people in a company would be an anathema to him. Right. He's he's more of a quant. However, he is my ultimate supporter, cheerleader, motivator, but he's also the person that can tell me the truth. You know, certainly we love each other, but it's really the foundation of mutual respect and support and humor, which to me is of critical importance. And realize that we're in this together, and no matter what, we are going to have that belief in one another. And I think that's really made a a huge difference. I mean, you know, certainly he's my husband, but he's also my best friend.
7: Mindy, did did you and Neil talk about how you'd manage careers and children before you got married or before you had your daughter? I mean, does it look like you thought it would? You know,
1: by the time we met, um, it was right before I turned 30, I was very, very much on a career trajectory um, and, you know, he he was, you know, you know, going more on the, the banking side. So it was it wasn't really spoken. We both knew mm-hmm. that, you know, this was going to be important to me, but I did want children and. Um, And we were just going to support one another and work it out and make sure we had a support system that was going to allow us um, to pursue. But, you know, there were certain decisions. When I was doing my kind of crazy commutes, you know, our nanny, you know, was there really early in the morning because Neil had to leave at 6 in the morning. Um, You know, he was the one at a lot of the school functions and they kind of looked at him kind of funny because at that point it was mostly women but we just felt that this worked for us and Mm -hmm. I think that's what people have to figure out what really works for them what support mechanisms um, how's it going to fit into their lives and you know one thing that you can't have is resentment you need to have the conversation at a time when it's really happening. I've seen relationships falter because of that.
6: I remember when I spent time with you in Tampa and the tables were turned, you were interviewing me at the time about my last book, The Pie Life, and we were talking about support systems. I was kind of marveling about the fact that you were in Tampa and there must not have been a lot of people like you. And you told me about this one other mom who ran a public company and that you would meet for margaritas like after after a board meeting. So how do you collect those people? You're leading this super busy life. You have this family that's really important to you. Who are these women in your life that you lean on?
1: You know, I've been fortunate that, you know, I've been able to meet and build incredible relationships. And it's not I don't need a thousand. Right. You need a couple of the people who, if you called at two in the morning, they'd be there. Right. Or if you say we need a margarita, they'll be there. It, and it's not just saying what you think somebody wants to hear, but speaking what you think is the right perspective of what that person needs at any given point in time. And having that like extrasensory perception about, you know, what the conversation needs
6: to be. I wonder, and and this question, Mindy, is really geared at sort of when you think about the early years with Lizzie, whether it's in Tampa or New York, and you're kind of shuffling back and forth between this public persona professionally, and then you know being a mom at the, the birthday party is how, how do you, I know Amy and I often talk about, you know, that, that sort of strange parallel lives thing that we, we both lead sometimes. How did you manage that? Or how did you think about that?
1: I didn't think of it as a parallel. I thought about it as one life and I was doing what I felt was right to do in the moment. You know, could my life and my perspective be different if I'd had more than one child? Perhaps but that wasn't meant to be. So, you know, I think you kind of determine what you're going to do based on your personal situation, your support network, what your capacity is. I think all of those things are, are really important.
7: This leads me back to, to the conversation you brought up earlier about being purposeful and how Oprah lives a very purposeful life. And I, and you do too. I'm You don't have to say that every image I've seen of you, all I know of you, every conversation I've ever had with you, that's what comes across, it's who you are. But I'd like to learn about your relationship with Oprah. What is it like? Were you ever starstruck by her? She has been the
1: biggest supporter, mentor.
7: You know, I will reach out
1: and go, I need to run something by you because people are telling me one thing and I need to go with my gut, I just wanna get your opinion. And not only does she practice ultimate discretion, but she is pure and honest and will give you an unfiltered perspective. And then obviously, as the CEO, I have to make decisions, but she's been an incredible partner in the belief of what we can do as a brand, um, as trying to help people lead better lives and really becoming their partner. Um, We're in a world right now that even before COVID, the world was getting unhealthier every day. And what this pandemic has done is really just raise the issue of how serious it is, both overall as well as health disparities amongst populations, particularly underserved populations. And so... It has actually galvanized us even more to accelerate our efforts because people really need it more than ever.
6: So, Mindy, one of the things that Amy and I talk a lot about is women and money, and my new company is focused on helping to get large populations of people who've been on the sidelines to generate financial independence for their families, because it's really hard to have wellness, obviously, if you have no financial means to to achieve that. Um, how do you think about, about money? What's your relationship like to money?
1: There are a lot of corollaries between what we call financial wellness and when we call the health part of wellness particularly when it, when it when it comes to women you know women make 90% of the purchase decisions in a household yet they make less than 17% of the investment decisions um, and i think it is really critical and i've spoken about this before that we need to take ownership so for example you know my husband is a brilliant financial expert. However, I am as involved in the decisions on the investments we make, whether that's everything from real estate to wills and estate to how we manage our money. Um, And I think we can't abdicate that. And again, I I see it, women take the back seat. And it's more important than ever that starting at a young age, that we're very prepared and educated and informed on what it is we need to do to protect our financial stability and growth throughout our lives. And I've seen too many circumstances where those decisions were abdicated to a spouse or to a planner, and lives have been ruined. And it's more important than ever that that financial education and ownership
7: be really
1: critical, particularly to women. So you've had a storied
7: career, Mindy. Are you motivated by making money? It's really
1: interesting that you said that because I've never done anything just for financial purposes. The decisions, I've actually taken roles where I went backwards financially because I thought they were roles that give me a whole new spectrum of experience that ultimately was going to be positive in my career. I have never taken a role for the dollar value now having said that though i want to recognize my worth and i want to be compensated for my worth and i want to be able to be compensated for that impact of course but my motivation has really been am i acutely passionate is it purposeful and will i have impact and i think you can have impact in your first role, and as you progress, you need to use your platform to have the greatest impact you can on the areas that you think are most important. And I've, I've always felt that the reason I've been successful is I have focused my entire career on making other people successful. And if you do that, and you surround yourself with talent and you foster that talent and you empower that talent, ultimately the business and you are going to have greater success.
6: Mindy, you started your career early on in sales. And I arguably sales is woven into every single thing, position you've taken, right? In some way or another. Can you talk about your relationship with sales and what makes you... So strong in that area. You know, it's interesting. I, you
1: know, had a very unconventional, you know, start to my career because I was uh, planning to be a lawyer. I was about to go to law school. I was engaged to be married. And uh, my last semester, senior year, I had a complete epiphany that my life had to go in a different direction. And I broke my engagement and wasn't getting married. I decided not to go to law school. And I picked up and moved to New York City um, at all of 20 to say I was going to have a different business trajectory and that I wanted to be in a business of creativity to help make creativity more successful. And I don't know where I came to that, but you know that's, that's what happened. And I started out in sales. But I will tell you, I realized that the reason I excelled is that I never sold anything to anyone. Hmm. I anticipated people's needs. I built relationships that enabled people to be more successful. I listened. And my whole purpose was how can I service those needs in the best way possible while certainly supporting the companies I worked for. And you know, I've been very judicious in my decisions of the companies and the businesses that I have chosen to be part of because I could never deliver something or sell something, as you will, that I didn't believe in and that I really didn't believe that it was going to help people be more successful. And, you know, if you think of HSNI, we were in so many different businesses, and we transformed it from a selling channel to an editorial program commerce channel that was going to use storytelling to get people to understand why this product may or may not fulfill a need that they had. And that was a very different approach at the time. But that's how you build loyalty. That's how you build trust, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in a business relationship, um, whether it's a partner relationship. You know, how are you aligned and, you know, how does one plus one equal 10 for both parties?
6: I know we don't have much more of Mindy's time, but I thought we could end with Lou, who's our sounds engineer, who's going to be asking the final question
8: with what's going on in the world. With all the problems, which one is, I guess, your main focus? That you can see there's there's something needs to be done, uh, and and how would you fix it?
1: So let me start by saying, I am a self-proclaimed resilient optimist, and I believe that everything that we are going through, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's the economic issues, whether it's racial issues, um, business disruption. I believe there's a reason for everything. And I believe this is a time to sit back and have radical reappraisal of what it is that you can do in your life, in your business, or societally. And I don't think things get fixed overnight but i do believe that we're in a place where it's our responsibility not just to talk about it but to create plans that are actionable measurable and sustainable it's not just one light switch on and light switch off it's really having the view of what 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 can be done and how are you going to create The action plan, the measurement, and make sure it's sustainable.
6: I know I say this every time, Amy, but that might have been one of my favorite interviews. It's almost like I want to
7: take notes on everything Mindy says. It was a masterclass in leadership and life. We want to thank our
6: producers, Large Media, as well as our podcast associate, Emma Hard, and our male perspective, Lou Burns. This podcast is powered by my company, Park Place Payments, which you can find at parkplacepayments.com, and Amy's company, The Riveter, which you can find at theriveter.co. Thanks for listening, and please do join us on social media or on our new YouTube channel.
9: Zumo Play.